0: This is Janice Alpert. Thanks for joining us on my podcast called On Purpose, where we interview people who have found their purpose and hopefully motivating you to find yours. And maybe you'll even do it not just with purpose, but on purpose. So today I'm really excited. We have um, Heather Ivany. Hi, Heather. Hi, Janice. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, I don't as many of you know I usually don't do too much research ahead of time um Noah does that so I don't really know Heather so I'm going to get to know her along along with you all. So um why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself growing up kind of you know what your background is I I did notice that you're living in um, Canada. Yeah. Are you yeah. From,
1: is that your, are you from Canada? Yeah, born and raised. Yeah, so I was a a prairie girl, grew up in Alberta and then oh. moved to the mountains. Oh, in my early twenties, permanently. Okay, I've been here ever since. So yeah, um, beautiful little ski town. Lots of mountain biking. Lots of fly fishing. It's a very nature based community that that oh, I love. Is lovely. I'm sure I
0: would love. I mean, I've been to I've been to Vancouver and I've been to Jasper and Banff and I just love canada that's yeah, nice so we're a variety variety of reasons
1: yes yeah, i'm about four hours south of banff so just to oh, give a, bit
0: of a, a spot
1: on the, the map there for you okay. yeah all right that gives me an idea
0: all right so just going back to growing up what was your family life like and were people always like talking about whatever meaning of life or purpose or wh- what was your growing up like
1: Yeah. So as a kid, I grew up in, in a very, um, I would probably consider it a staunch Catholic upbringing. Okay. Um, Parents very much, um, having conversations about spirit and God, but in the form of Catholicism and and Catholic church. Okay. And, um, I, I would say it was about age 10 or 11, where, although I felt very at home in the conversation of spirituality, the context of, of keeping it in, um, the Catholicism framework wasn't a good fit for me. So, Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. That's it's pretty young to kind of think like, Hmm, I'm not sure this is exactly for me. It doesn't fit.
1: Yeah. I think I always had a thing with, um, certain rules, you know, how, how women are limited with how much they can be involved with the church. So that always sort of rubbed me the wrong way Yeah. in,
0: in many religions, not just Catholicism yeah. and, you know, in, in a lot of structured religions women have, um, uh, a meager role often in h- historically I think we're all trying to change that but go ahead. I yeah, hope yeah for sure.
1: And yeah, and just sort of the the exclusion of you know um people that are gay or people that weren't uh-huh. conforming with the natural traditions of the church. So I was asking questions at a young age and and I think my my dad was excellent in encouraging oh, questions.
0: That was my, was my next question. Were your parents like uh be quiet and follow the rules and did you have any siblings or
1: Yeah, I had two older brothers, not a conversation that I that I really had with with my brothers. We more connected in the arena of sports Sports. um, just school things that would be going on. But no, we never really talked spirituality together. But you did with your parents. Yeah. And it was more in my later teens. Like I remember even when I went to university, I, I have a degree in kinesiology, but I took the um, like an arts version of the kinesiology degree. Okay. So it gave me opportunity to take some electives and, um, and I took some philosophy electives. So one of the, okay. the That I took was just a pro a course in world religions. And yeah. I remember that's where my dad and I started to have conversations outside of just the traditional Catholic church, but
0: um, he was not, he wasn't, um, demeaning or like, what are you doing Heather?
1: Or... No, he was great. The thing that I think I, I sort of look back at and laugh is, is he was so um, assured in his faith that he encouraged me to go out and seek other, other, other opportunities for myself. But he had the understanding, the belief that I would always circle back and come back to the Catholic church. Okay. So I think it was more in my mid twenties when he realized that that wasn't what was happening. Happen. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's where I think he went through his own personal process of I don't know if it was grief or or letting go or loss that that he felt at that time. But uh, but
0: inside yourself, even though you knew that he was either disappointed or and how
1: was your mother with all this? Um, She's always been the type of woman that just would always say to me, just follow your heart. And she was a believer in that. So she just wanted her children to just as long as they were happy and following their hearts and their dreams, she was, she was pretty content. Yeah. I love that. So, so even though your dad sounds like he was like a
0: little, whatever word you want to use, disappointed, miffed, whatever you, you still held on to say, well, I'm sorry, I have to follow what my own truth is.
1: Yeah. Cause by that time I was already uh, I had already gone through yoga teacher training and was teaching um, yoga actively. And I was doing lots of different ways to embark um, and expand my spiritual path. And I think at the end of the day, he was just excited that he had, you know, a kid that he could have these conversations with, and we could explore things together. And even if we weren't singing off the same song sheet, um, <laughs> he just liked that we could have these, these conversations together. So, First so of I would all. come at, come at it from my sort of yoga philosophy background. And he would come from sort of like the Richard Rohr background, Mm-hmm. Um Wayne Dyer sort of conversations, and then mm-hmm. we have these campfire conversations, um, and share, you know. And oftentimes we'd notice that we were actually singing the same language, we were just talking um in, in different frequencies I will. think that often is the is
0: yeah. the truth, especially if people can let go of some of the dogma of whatever they were raised in to say. You know, just because someone's following perhaps a different path doesn't mean that they still don't believe in something bigger or grander. And they're just using different words or phrases. And that's that's okay too, as long as they are in touch with like this is where my path is kind of taking me. So so just going back, so you you were in your 20s, you graduated, as you call it, university You know, around here, we call it college, but not that we don't call it university, too, but graduated university. And did you immediately go and and take yoga training or how did you get into yoga?
1: Uh, so the yoga was um, it, it's sort of a, a side, a side path there. So I had okay. always been connected to nature. So I'd, I'd done a lot of river guiding and oh. rock climbing. And, and the last um, sort of nature based profession I had was forest firefighting. Wow. Yeah, it was it was um, it was a very masculine driven professions, all the ones uh-huh. that I wasn't too many women at the time that were doing what I was doing. And so I kind of. Um, so you would. Wait, I just want to go back to the forest
0: fire. So there'd be a forest fire, and you would be like in your gear, like putting out the forest fire.
1: So I was in um, a division called Rap Attack. So it's a repelling division. So we oh would actually God. fly. Oh it was super exciting. We'd fly in a helicopter. And then um, if the fires were in areas where the machine couldn't uh-huh. land, then they'd repel us in and we'd work the fire from there. Oh my, you are,
0: yeah. you are a very brave and obviously very athletic yo young woman. Yes, that's amazing. Yeah. And, yeah. and you, 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 and like you were never like, to me, I, I'm already scared. Like you, would you weren't that frightened, you just thought it was invigorating or?
1: Well, the, the interesting thing is, is I got into rock climbing because I had a fear of heights and I wanted to conquer oh. Heights. So I got into rock climbing and then in the community of rock climbers is where I met these repelling forest firefighters. And I had already been river guiding for a couple of years and there's it's it's a profession at the time that was one of just passion and there wasn't much um, financial,
0: money. It, right? <laughs> Not yeah. much money, but you, but you enjoyed it. Okay. Enjoyed it. So then I met
1: these, these fellow rock climbers that were firefighters and they were like, well, this is a, you can actually make some good money in a summer doing what we're doing. So why don't you come and and try out for it? So definitely like the joke is, is that I think I was in a helicopter a half a dozen times before I actually landed in it. So you'd go up and uh-huh. in your training you're rappelling down and then you go onto the ground and then you go back up again. So like, I'd never been in a helicopter before in my life. And I'm so, having
0: anxiety just hearing this. I mean, that's like amazing. Yeah. I it love it.
1: So the first six times I flew in a machine, I didn't even, um, actually land in the machine and get out. I just rappelled out of it. And then, oh my goodness. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It was really good. fun. <laughs>
0: but now, but there's fire and smoke too.
1: Well, okay, so this is where it get this is where the inside joke gets really funny is that yeah. when people visualize this, they visualize these like infernos with people, right. like, and so we would make these hilarious videos where oftentimes they're like little campfires that people oh. put out, right? But you, but someone see there's people in towers and they see the smoke, so then they call it in and you go, and by the time you get there, it's it's not much, which is great. This is called initial attack, and you want to be getting there before, before it, it gets control. big, right? So when your initial attack, the majority of the, I would say 80% of the fires you're putting out are very, very small. Oh, okay. Well, you're not really in the biggest risk would actually be repelling out of the helicopter, not actually fire fighting the fire. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Did you have a yeah. parachute or no, it was a rope. So you just from, you slide down rope and you repel down and, and then you unhitch it. And then the next person comes down. Yeah.
0: Oh my. Yeah. So how old were you when this was happening?
1: I would say I was in probably 21, 20, no, maybe closer to 24 at this time. Yeah. Yeah. But young, but young. So yeah. So so you did that. Yeah. So reverting back. So while I was on that, that sort of phase in my life, I knew that I wanted to be in a profession that kept me active, but I was also aware that if I did something like, um, this was, this was also like back when like step aerobics was a big thing. Oh yeah. I did step aerobics. Oh Yeah. I so took a class, sure. I used to enjoy those classes, but I was like, it's if fun. I do that sort of activity, I'm I mean my knees are going to be shot in the next yeah, I
0: hurt my back. That's why I can't do that anymore. Yeah, exactly. yeah. so <laughs> that,
1: that I was playing around. Yeah, I was playing around and then um I came across I was like, what if I went into the realm of yoga? And so I went into it thinking it would be this way that I could offer a physical component to people. Okay. And I had no idea actually of how um, spiritual the the depth was with the practice. So to give you like a little bit of context, the first time I actually stepped so I self taught out of a book. Wow. um, So you didn't take a class, you just read a book and you're very uh, motivated.
0: I think to learn. <laughs> apparently that's amazing. Go ahead.
1: Well, keep in mind. So when you're, when you're firefighting, you have to be within a hundred meters of that machine during certain peak hours of the day when it's hot. So yeah. anything that you can do within that hundred meters you're allowed to do, but you can't, you can't, can't leave, can't leave. So once you've had like a couple of weeks of, you know, watching movies and playing cards, it's like, okay, what else can I do here? So I just sure teach myself how to do some yoga. So, okay, a friend of mine recommended a book, and then I was self-taught um teaching teaching myself how to do the yoga. And then from there, I was like, well, oh, what if I did a teacher training? So the first time that I stepped foot in an actual yoga studio was when I signed up for this um, teacher training. This is before like studios were on every second corner, right? right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so I went to Victoria, BC, so just on Vancouver Island there and did my yoga teacher training. And then that's where I was immersed in the whole spectrum of what yoga has to offer. So I had no idea that even the meditation that I'd been doing on Mm -hmm. my own um, was going to be brought in the philosophy that I, that I, that I had conversations with my dad with that would be Mm -hmm. brought. So I love, I love how life can do that. Like you you don't
0: know that whatever you're doing 10 years preceding might end up being exactly in combination, like, you know, intertwining with what you're going to end up doing that ends up being your passion, your purpose, your path. So love that. So go ahead. So you yeah. now you're in, getting into the yoga, the meditation, you're seeing it intertwine. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then that's when it just kind of, everything sort of started to come home for me. Like all of my, all of the things that I had been playing with, um, even like the coaching that I'd been doing when I was younger with sport, like, so I had the comprehension of how to be okay. coaching, like athletic coaching. Yeah. Like volleyball coaching. Oh, right? okay. So even that spectrum of just being in front of people and being able to to teach and coach and that still skill set comes into a teacher training, right? Because you got to be teaching yoga classes in front of people. So yes. So it was nice to just sort of see all these little facets that I'd done in life up until that point. They kind of all came into this lovely little quantum soup, if you will. And, and I was just able to just really enjoy um the 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 fruits of all the things that I'd done just kind of spilled into this one arena. So that's what carried me forward for the next, I'd say 20 plus years I've been teaching. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So did you,
0: have, so what did you have to get, like, go to an actual class class to get certified? I mean, you couldn't just do everything from a book or, or did you just start your business?
1: No. So I, you're right. Yeah. So I did a full 300 hour teacher training when okay. I so then that was sort of my exit out of the river guiding and far, forest fire. firefighting. Yeah. And then, um, and then I had another boomerang come in cause I was probably just out of my training. So I think I started in the fall, finished in the, around the springtime with the mm-hmm. yoga teacher training. And by, I think I taught for a year and then I got pregnant. And so then it was restructuring everything to now, like how do I do this now that I have um a baby on the scene and and trying to work with her. So uh my husband who was my boyfriend at the time, that was that was a big growth spurt for both of us because mm-hmm. although we were happy together, she wasn't she wasn't planned. So wasn't if, a plan uh, wasn't a planned, it doesn't sound not like planned. Plan. No. So yeah. So then it was just I think that's where I started to really hone in on sort of my niche with the yoga was how do we take these, these principles that um, are excellent for, for anyone who has the time to be on mm-hmm. their own and to really digest and and assimilate the teachings? Mm-hmm. How do we actually make this applicable for uh, the everyday person? And that sort of started to become how I was teaching to people was like, let's take this philosophy piece. How can we hone it into something that we can work with in the everyday and make it practical for the actual lives that most of us are living now because realistically we're not we're not um living lives where we get to go off and meditate for hours on end. and I would in-
0: say that would be the understatement and that's yeah. not how our you know society in general, you know in our world we're I'm hoping that's beginning to change where people see. The value that if it doesn't have to be five hours a day, it can be twenty minutes a day a half hour that that has value so just going back because you know people all, at least what I'm thinking is so how did you end up making how did you turn in this to be monetize this so that you made some money? I mean it sounds like you made some money, helped support yourself while you were fire I, I'm saying firefighting, but you used a different word, but whatever um, and now you sort of gave that up and did this training yeah. and so how did you make any money? How were you supporting yourself?
1: Yeah. So, um, great question. So I would say the, the majority of me being financially independent has come in in the last three years. So where shifted oh. gifted that is, so yes, I taught, um, you know, I would teach probably 12 classes a week. Oh, wow. And on top of that, I was teaching multiple teacher trainings and retreats and workshops in a year. OK, but this was also like early 20s. I had two kids um, back to back, um, you know, within two years. Mm-hmm. So, and I had a husband that worked out of town. So I worked as much as I could while mm-hmm. still maintaining my own priority of of health and self-care. And and being a mom, taking and care of two mom, little kids. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, for those first, I would say 10 years of teaching. Um, my husband was the main provider okay. in the family because mm-hmm. I wanted to be um involved with my girls as much as I could sure and then um they you know when they started to reach the age of me being able to take on a little bit more with my business um, i was, at the same time i actually got pregnant a third time with with my son so that also wow slowed things down a little bit there for I, sure i'm sure he was actually the biggest surprise he was um, <laughs> our post-vasectomy growback baby so 7 years post-vasectomy my Are I, you kidding? Oh yeah. No, I didn't even know that was a thing, Janice, until I've never, I did not know that either. Okay. Listeners be aware, <laughs> beware. And since it's happened to me, I've heard of multiple people that it's happened to, but I did not even know that that was a thing. So I'm just curious. Did your husband call the doctor and say, Hey, what's up, buddy? No, he, uh, he was good, but he certainly got razzed a lot at work, uh, with his, with his, did he have
0: to, I'm just curious. Did he have to go and be cut again or, you know, like snip snip
1: again? No, I, I pretty much, um, said that I wouldn't trust it if it happened again. So I went and took care of my tubes died.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. We're going from there. So there we go. Um, yeah. So interesting fact, you never know what's going to come up on this podcast. Uh, yeah. Interesting. It's great. It's, uh, and so he's, 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 uh, he, he's just been, you know, that, that blessing in disguise for sure. But it took me, I would say, Janice, like I was probably in shock with that pregnancy for at least seven months. I'm sure you were. And then it took me um, probably till he was about two and a half to really start to get involved with going through those younger years again. I understand. Totally. That must have been. Yeah. You
0: know, with two little, you thought you're done and surprise, not yeah. done. Yeah. yeah.
1: How old is he now? He's six and a half. Yeah. Okay. He's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure so it that was
1: sort of my, my main, uh, my main source of income was the yoga. And then when we entered into COVID, um, I was already just a little bit pre COVID, just wanting to figure out a way to access people on a deeper level mm-hmm. that wasn't quite available in a yoga class. So you got okay. this hour with a group of people and there's only so far that you can go. So I was really hungry for being able to support people, um, in a, in a deeper way. So when COVID hit and and all the studios got shut down, yep. It lasted for, um, till about the second shutdown. And by the third shutdown, that was my decision to sort of exit that stream of uh, work. And I just moved into personal mentorship after that. So, um, so what I'm doing now is I offer three signature programs. One is teaching people how to just move from the periphery to their midline and being able to trust their center more fully. So aligning them with their own purpose. Okay. I was Um, gonna say, what does that mean? Right. Right. Yeah. That's what why I it? love the topic of your uh, podcast mm-hmm. on purpose. Cause I was like, well, this definitely resonates. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's called unlocking you and that's supporting people with getting in, in connection with their, with their purpose. And it's a one-on-one kind of a, it can thing. be both. It can be one-on-one and it can be in group. Okay. And then the second offering is um, called the Akashic training. So okay. this what is, is showing, people, yeah, showing people how to access connection with consciousness Mm -hmm. Um, in a more communicative way so if you think of meditation oftentimes um we're very receptive Mm -hmm. in meditation absolutely but the akashic records is tapping into your senses Mm -hmm. and using your senses as the means to communicate with um the non-visible realm Mm -hmm. do you have like an
0: example of just to give the listener a I mean, I know what you're talking about because I took a class on the records um, years ago. So I have I'm not an expert, but I know what you're talking about. But can you give an example just like what? Why would that benefit somebody? And first of all, how do you, how does one even do that?
1: Right. So um, Akasha means in Sanskrit, it means space or spirit. Okay. And how we reference this in uh, if we're more science based is quantum field. So same word, okay. same languaging, just different. Um, sorry. Same topic of conversation, but the words are different. So if you're more science-based, you're going to resonate with the with quantum field, appreciating that the atmosphere around us mm-hmm. isn't mundane and empty, but it's rich with vibrational frequency that we can tap into. Right? Okay. So the akasha is the Sanskrit term for that. It means space or spirit. Mm-hmm. And when we're working with um an individual, so every single soul. Has a unique GPS signal, if you will. Okay. You have your own sort of radio frequency, your own Mm -hmm. blueprint. It's like a soul blueprint. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm reading your Akashic records, so your specific records is called the Akashic records. Mm -hmm. I'm simply attuning my frequency to dial into your frequency. So the same way if you're working with your your Macintosh computer, and you're pulling something from the cloud, and you bring into your computer. Okay. Same type of thing, but not technically based. You're using your 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 senses to be able to tap into that. So I would use um, the senses that are most predominant with me is claircognizance, which is your inner knowing. Okay. So I receive um, downloads in the form of cognizance claircognizance which means it simply comes in faster than thought so if someone says to you hey do you think we should do this or we should do that people who are claircognizant they'll get a download that comes in instantly and they'll be like oh yes do this not that and then afterwards their logic and reason will come in behind and it'll either confirm or try and talk them out of it right Mm -hmm. so
0: how did you in terms of your ability to you know some of this might sound a little doo 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 for okay. listeners. So when you think about how do you, how did you like you say, well, I tap in to your blueprint. Are you like psychic? i mean how how did you train how did you train to to do this like just on a practical?
1: yeah, so I'll give you, you know, um, a little bit of the background of the story of how it came to me because it certainly wasn't something I was hunting for, okay. So all I had was the intention of, I want to go further. I want to go deeper and I want to take people with me. That was okay. And you knew that inside. That was just an internal hunger that I had for sure. Okay.
0: So again, remember, I've said this many times, listener, when we have an internal hunger, that's, you better listen or your life is not going to feel as good. So Heather, you had this internal feeling and now you started saying, well, how, what am I going to do with this? So go ahead. You want to go deeper.
1: So then. What COVID provided for me was when things shut down, I had more opportunity to meditate and um, Mm -hmm. this and, and have those quiet pockets. Mm -hmm. So I was meditating uh, one evening and um, the name of a woman that I knew from my childhood came into my, like her name just popped in Mm -hmm. and I had, I had, um, I hadn't seen her in about 10 years, but we had met the summer before. And I knew that she did. Akashic readings. And that was sort of as far as I sort of took her card and forgot about it for the and night. That was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then it repeated the second night. And by the third night, I'm not someone that needs to be hit on the head like several <laughs> times. So I reached out to her and I just said, look, your name has come up several times in meditation. I have a sense that you'll know where to take it from here. Um, I'm going to leave it in your hands." So she pinged back with an email, um, which I love. And I love sharing this. She goes, that's how I advertise.
0: Oh my my goodness.
1: Talk to your guides and they communicate with you. And that's how I advertise my business. So why don't we do an Akashic record session? Wow. Love that. But I love it. And then so then from there we did an Akashic Record session. And in that session, it was very clear that I was subconsciously working with the Akashic Records already. Okay. I just wasn't doing it on a conscious level, meaning when I'm teaching a yoga class. A lot of the languaging that's coming out of me isn't the typical way that Heather would speak, but I'm—I know—I just know that I'm tapping into something, and I'm—and I'm languaging from some higher, other, some other place. And I just—I just speak what's coming through. And at the end of a class, what people most often share with me is they're like, "It felt like you were in my head and saying the things that I needed to hear, and—and and this, is wow. what was taking place." So then she offered me, she said, would you like to take this from a subconscious level to a conscious level and do the training with me? And I said, yeah, that sounds perfect. So um, it's three parts. So the first training, you're learning how to read your own Akashic records. Mm -hmm. Second training is learning how to read other people's records. And then the third training is learning how to access the Akashic records of of anything. You can tap into the Akashic records of plants, animals. Mm -hmm. You can even go into your business. Um, what's, what's the plus of this? Like, so if
0: someone wanted to come to you and say, okay, this sounds interesting. I want you to read my Akashic records. What would be the benefit? I mean, like what, what's the inner, whatever you want to call it, teaching, learning, like why would someone want to do that?
1: So every practitioner is going to be different. So some people work with past life regression and someone who works with past life regression would be showing that individual, um, the wisdom teachings from a past life that they can forward into present moment, Mm -hmm. help them, um, clear up anything that's no longer serving them so that they can move forward with more ease and more freedom. Right. Mm -hmm.
0: So that their, their, their journey on in this lifetime will be, uh, smoother and more again, kind of on their purpose, if they can clear out some old crap that they might've taken from a previous life or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, for myself in particular, um, I work specifically with supporting people and identifying what their purpose is.
0: Okay, so, so you don't do you don't do that much about past life. You're like, okay, we're here now. I'm a
1: present moment worker. Yeah, you're a present me. moment worker. Yeah. Okay, good to know. Yeah. So, if someone's looking to, so that's that's just the main reason why people will okay is for that. I think it's a good reason. Yeah. if someone
0: is struggling if if, if anyone out you know is listening and they're struggling like i get, i get your concept that you want us or i'm encouraging people not me you know like to me my higher my higher purpose is to get people to be on their purpose but i don't know how or i'm stuck that this is one way that you could help them in the here and now in the present moment help them get in touch with their own inner voice and maybe they can hear it, you'll you'll tune into it, but then eventually your hope is that they can listen to it themselves.
1: Yeah. So there's a few ways that we play with it. So one is first, like I'll just remove it from the from the conversation. Like it's not going to be specific in the point of you need to move to Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bookkeeper. And so it's not, it's not that like pin pinned in. Right. But what oftentimes I find like sort of like common um common, common things that come up with people is that they, if someone's really lost, like they just can't, they just can't figure out what their purpose is. Chances are they're not connected to their clarabilities.
0: abilities. Mm-hmm.
1: So they are resourcing from everything in this physical plane. And they're not using the, 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 the huge amount of resources that's available to them yep. in the dimensional plane. Okay. Yep. So if someone is, let's say, for example, clairsentient, so that's where you feel things. Mm -hmm. And if they've been taught at an early age that when they feel something, it's overwhelming and they don't have the resources to work with it. Yeah. Oftentimes they'll check out of their body and they'll go into their head. Mm-hmm. become either highly intellectual or they become, um, really big dreamers, mm-hmm. but they're they're So they're shut off from their clairsentience. So oh, I have had many clients that are in their head and they just can't, they can't
0: get down to where they need to go. So I hear exactly what you're saying.
1: Right. So then if we're in a session together and, and I am I, what's coming through their records is that they're clairsentient and they aren't resourcing that, then we're going to do a few things together. First, we're going to um, do some work to clear out on an etheric level mm-hmm. blocks that they have that, that aren't supporting them. Okay. And keep in mind, this is the place where there is no time or space. So if the right. person is fully ready to release that, it will happen instantaneously. Wow. Some people that are ready to release it on some levels and other levels they aren't, even though we release it energetically, They'll probably need certain actions in their physical plane, mm-hmm. to make sure that they don't reintroduce the patterning that's keeping right. them disconnected from their Because right. their-
0: again, you know, and I've said this many times, even though I certainly believe, which I get you do too, that we're a spiritual being having an earthly experience here. We're still a human being. So, yeah. and we have an ego and we have a brain and, and our ego, and I don't mean ego like in a Freudian way, just like our intellectual thoughts will they will do a lot to say, no, just don't even go there. So um, and that's kind of the internal struggle of, no, I have to listen to my higher voice. And that takes, I think, a certain amount of both one insight, of course, but I also think it takes some practice and some courage and some courage. Definitely. I was going to say we have to be brave because we're going into the unknown and human beings in general, we like safety. And I'm one of them, even though I've gone in plenty of the unknown, but, um, yeah, it's scary, but yeah. it's so worthwhile. <laughs> I feel. I'm guessing you do too.
1: Well, yeah. And I find um what I've what I've sort of come to conclusion in the last like couple of years is the anticipation before the change mm-hmm. is always so much bigger than the actual change.
0: Right. I always call I yeah, I call I've said that to client, you're having anticipation anxiety. So you're right. you're worrying, 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 worrying. And you're not in the here and now. Let's just see what happens. Let, yeah. Let's just just see what happens. So stop. You're way too much time worrying about what may happen a six months from now, a year from now. Let's see what's going to happen right now in this moment. So, yeah. yeah, okay. So when so you you moved into this area, and I that's kind of what you're what you're doing now mostly in terms of your work. Are you still doing yoga?
1: What's Uh, the way that I offer yoga now is more on retreat. So I do offer like an international retreat, um, once a year, and I occasionally will go into my local community and teach a workshop. Okay. Mostly I'm fully in, uh, spiritual mentorship is what I'm doing now. Okay. And when, while you're
0: doing this, are you feeling like, okay, this is what my whole last, however old you are, 45 years, whatever you are, yo, this is, this is what this is, i have led up to this and this is where I'm supposed to be. I mean, you have that feeling inside.
1: I do, but I also feel like, I feel like I've always been on purpose. So I feel that as I grow and expand, my purpose also evolves with me. So I hear you. Yeah. So for example, like what I'm offering right now, I couldn't have offered in my twenties cause I didn't have the life experience and resources to be able to go there. Exactly. So, I
0: so important. Let me reiterate that. So I'm a little older than you. So my purpose has, even though I feel I've always been a healer to some degree, I didn't know that. I mean, I started this quest in my twenties and it has evolved over these last 45 years or whatever, 50, however long. Um, and even now, I mean, I don't think, If you're a learner and you're willing and what I mean by that, a spiritual learner and an internal reflector, which I am, um, I, I think one's purpose continues to grow and evolve. So when I think about like the first of all, the podcast and just the new technology. There'd be no way I would have even thought about doing something like this, let's say, 20 years ago just because my head was in a different place and I was still dealing with it. Well, my kids were grown already, but still, whatever. I just had things going on and I met my husband and we were traveling the world and whatever. So it's, I think it's what you're saying. It's being open that no matter how old we are, to me, it's to my last breath that there's always your purpose can grow, change, evolve. So I love that, you know, that you couldn't have done this in your twenties and when you think about what's going to go forward over the next 30, 40 years, you're like, not sure, but you're open to even more growing and learning and your purpose might shift or.
1: Oh yeah. Like I've always been someone that as I, as I study and learn mm-hmm. and assimilate, mm-hmm. I I also am a, am a teacher at heart. So it, it really doesn't fully solidify until I'm then releasing it back out. And I know that that, isn't for everyone right so some people that's that's sort of like the the full circle for me so and i'm i'm a hunter by nature so i'm i'm always um hunting for the next area Mm -hmm. or arena to grow and expand into so yeah i feel that as i continue to just lead in that direction with my soul then inevitably the purpose also continues to grow and expand along and the next thing will come yeah Heather,
0: you're amazing. I love the work you're doing. I think it's, it's great. Um, All right. So in closing, if, if some, what would you say to someone who's like, I hear what she's saying and I, I probably have a deeper calling, but I don't know what it, any, any uh, suggestions or recommendations
1: for someone who's struggling here a little bit. I think majority of the time people are not as far away from themselves as they think. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That it's like, Oftentimes, when I'm doing these sessions with people, I'm validating what they already know, but they hadn't fully brought it to the surface yet. Mm -hmm. And what we might be tapping into that's new. It's not radical. It's like it's been sitting beside them the whole time, but they just weren't quite sure how to relate to it. Exactly. And and the other thing I want to
0: reiterate, which hopefully or say, or whatever, is to remind people that it, like you said, it doesn't mean like you have to pick up and move to a whole nother state. It doesn't mean that you have to leave. I mean, I don't know what it's going to mean, but you know, some people are like, well, if I get to my truth, will I have to get divorced or will I have to, I'm never going to see my kids again, or those are very dramatic. Now, if you're in a horrible relationship and it's abusive or your job sucks, then yes, you might have to change careers, but it doesn't necessarily have to be quite that dramatic. It might be. And that's part of where you're saying about the courage, but sometimes it's just a little mini shift that like you're saying, you know, it's there and you, you, it's a little scary. Um, But if it's a calling inside of you and you don't do it, you're just going to feel kind of like your life is not on track and that's never, it just doesn't feel good. So you have to be willing to kind of dive in um, if you're willing. And I, it sounds like you do it in a very gentle, loving way, which is wonderful.
1: Yeah, I I love the point that you're bringing up here. Just how um, it doesn't have to be catastrophic in order to be impactful. I remember my husband. So we met in a summer and we exchanged numbers, but he didn't call me till the fall. Mm -hmm. You know, when we were dating those first six months, he's like, "I can't believe how much my life has changed just because I picked up the phone."
0: Oh, right. That's all it did.
1: It's all it did. You just picked up the phone, yep. dialed a number, and then it went from there. So yep. it doesn't have to be exactly what you're saying. These big Titanic cruise ship changes. Exactly. It can be these tiny little like Ferrari spinning on a dime movements that just, right. That give us the next step. I'm laughing because when I met my husband, this is second marriage,
0: but we're together 20 years over 20 years. And we went on our first date and, um, I immediately called my sister and said, "Okay, this is husband material. I mean, he was cute and personable. And, you know, I didn't really know what a great guy he was, but I just could feel. And then he didn't call me for a few like for five. I'm going, what the heck's going on here? And we laugh about this now. And um, he said, oh, I meant to call you. But then, you know, and now that I know him so well, I I totally know how he thinks. And he meant to call me. We went out on Wednesday and he meant to call me. He said, well, the weekend seemed like it was too soon for whatever. I don't know. I think he yeah. was getting dating advice from his son, which now we laugh about that too. Um, and he meant to call me on Monday and he fell asleep and and I'm going, and, and my friends kept saying, well, are you going to call him? I went, I'm not, you know, he met me. He's either interested and he's not, I don't understand that. Anyways, he calls me Tuesday morning. And the first thing I say to him, well, what happened to you? And he, and, and, I, and again, you have to know him now. He went like, Oh, I I fell asleep. I'm so sorry. And anyways, bottom line is it all worked out, and it, it's just kind of a funny joke now. But um, but previous to that, he he had been trying to call me. We were playing a lot of telephone tag for about a month before then. On each, in those days, our answering machines, um, and but what I love is that he he just kept calling, and so you know, and it wasn't like either one of us. We were both independent. If we met somebody, it was like going to be a plus, and if we didn't, then okay. But I, you know, I just think it's a it's I agree with you. And so, and so because he called, kept calling, and I said yes, and I wasn't mad that it was so many days later, whatever, here we are having like a pretty, I'd say terrific life together. So okay. well done. Not saying everything's perfect all the time because of what it is, but it's pretty, pretty good, I have to say. All right. Heather, you're like amazing. I always finish every episode with a quote, and I think this is a good one. Well, I think they're all good, but you know, but um. This is actually by Brene Brown, who I like very much. So here's what she has to say. Um, Spirituality is recognizing and celebrating that we are all inextricably connected to each other by a power greater than all of us and that our connection to that power and to one another is grounded in love and compassion. So practicing spirituality brings a sense of perspective, meaning and purpose to our lives by Brene Brown. And notice if you... you know, if you go back and listen to this again, she's not saying going back just full circle about religion because spirituality, you you don't have to. Be, I don't consider myself particularly a religious person, but I'm incredibly, incredibly spiritual and because it's the belief in something bigger and that that is what ultimately guides us and helps us to find our purpose. So. So, yeah, so I think we're on the same page. So a pleasure meeting you. Thank you so much for doing this. To you too. Namaste. Um, I think, um, you're doing great stuff and you'll continue growing. So just, just a pleasure. Um, okay. So on that note, um, thank you so much for listening. This is Janice Alpert. Hopefully you're doing your life with purpose and maybe even on purpose, um, until next time. Uh, bye-bye.